What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast. This is episode 19. My name is Christian Brady, coming at you from Foxborough, Massachusetts. That's Matt Tiart in Fishersville, Virginia. Nope, he's in Clemson, South Carolina today. I'm in Clemson, baby. I'm back. Yeah, he's back at school getting ready for online classes, which begin for us a week from Wednesday. Yep. Um, the plan is to go back in person after that. I'm sure you all know this, but that's just an update on our lives. Yeah, I'm at. online next Wednesday and then in person September 21st. Christian's allowed to move back on September 13th. Uh, if he comes back earlier, he can stay on my couch. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, <laughs> we tried to get an episode out last Tuesday, but oh my God. Hurricane, whatever her name is, came through for about 15 minutes and I had no power for 18 hours. So, so who, who knows the math on that? But. Um, it's actually, it was something out of a movie because I literally got the script ready. I started the Zoom and he's like, all right, I'm going to hop on it. He calls me, goes, I have no Wi-Fi, I have no power. I was like. It was literally just like that. Yeah. I mean, I had the Zoom on waiting for him to join. Yeah, um, I had everything set up too and I was literally opened my computer and was hopping on. And no power. Yeah. So it was like literally the timing couldn't have been worse. Um, yeah. He's safe. He's got power again. And we're back. So. Yes, we are. And yeah, I, I mean, I guess it was good timing. We didn't really get a reactions in for the first half of the series, but they're all over by now. And we're getting yep. it at the right time right before. So, you know, it's good timing. Uh, we're recording Monday, August 10th. So. Uh, playoffs start tomorrow, August 11th. So if you're listening yep. on the August 11th, they start today. But Yeah, today is hockey fans' chance to regroup and catch their breath after the craziness that was the qualifying round in round robin. Yep. So we get one day, and then we're back at it tomorrow. There's like eight games on the slate tomorrow night. So it's going to awesome. be awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, hockey news. Uh, there's nothing really big in – Today, the history, NHL history, like today in history, one of those things. But yeah. uh, yesterday was the trade heard around the world. Edmonton traded Gretzky to L.A. 32 years ago yesterday, uh, August 9th. Uh, the city of Edmonton was ready to burn the entire city to the ground, um, rightfully so, because when the trade happened, he was already – considered the greatest of all time right so yeah any thoughts on that no um i've seen this i forget what it's called i wish i had the name for it i watched this documentary on gretzky i feel like i've watched more than once but an interesting fact about that is after that whole press conference with the tears and everything that of course is so famous um he went to the king's owner who literally just bought him from edmonton it was just a trade for a boatload of money and the owner and him met for the first time and the owner said, okay, like it's time to decide what we're going to pay you. Cause like free agency and all that stuff was really not as prevalent back then. The PA yeah. was nothing, if anything. Um, so they just decided what they were going to pay him. And I remember that the first number that the LA owner gave the Gretzky said, no, you can't pay me that much to play hockey. And he took a less, took a lesser salary because, he didn't think he deserved that much, but whatever the number was, he did deserve it. So, 
So no, you love telling that story. One oh one. He needs to go to school. Uh, you love telling that story, and I I love it because Gretzky just wanted to play hockey. He didn't really care what he was getting paid. <laughs> exactly. Um, and you got these kids now, and we're gonna talk about Toronto because they're done. Uh, they have like three out of the top seven highest paid players on roster and they couldn't even put up a goal last night. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. The Toronto cap um, is a, a nightmare right now. Yeah. If only they had some that's, Wayne Gretzky's on there. That's off-season talk because we're in playoff mode. Yeah, um, exactly. We'll mention it today, but you're right. That's our topic numero uno as soon as this season ends. Yeah. Uh, I, last Saturday, I guess it was, or the, the first Saturday the playoffs started, I think it was last Saturday, um, was a doubleheader, like 4 o'clock and 8 o'clock. It averaged 1.4 million viewers for both games. That's the most watched doubleheader in four years. So people were ready to, for some hockey. I thought that was a pretty cool number. Yeah. Yeah, that is awesome. You're right about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, what a week it was. It was awesome. And we'd start right back up tomorrow at noon. So, yep. Strap uh, in. That was according to CNBC. Whatever. That's not really that big of a deal. This is a huge deal, according to numbers. Uh, ESPN quote uh, the Seattle Kraken. It's been 17 days since they released their name. They're still responsible for two out of the three highest selling products on all fanatic websites. Um, I think they have one in three, and number two is the WNBA, like, orange hoodie that you see all the NBA players wearing, uh, which I think is cool, good for the WNBA. Yeah. Um, and then after they released their name, 51,000 people uh, joined the wait list for season tickets, and that doesn't include the 32,000 that have already put a down payment on the season tickets. And, and the who stadium, knows how that even works? Stadium only holds 17.5. So, so I think that must have to do with like if you buy half seasons and like ten game packages, whatever. I'm sure there's multiple things, but thirty two thousand is still like you have to leave at least seven hundred seats. I mean, I don't know what the number is, but you have to leave seats for people to buy for games for single tickets. You can't just sell out the entire stadium on night one. I have no who knows. Idea. Who knows? Maybe they did but that. This is legendary. Seattle is so ready for hockey. I'm. We are like the farthest point from Seattle since we're on the East Coast. Both of us are on the East Coast, and we're ready for Seattle hockey. I can't wait. I, I don't know how I haven't gone online and bought that hat yet, but the Adidas hat we're seeing all over the Instagram is unreal. Yeah, I gotta um, get one. Twenty million views in just the first twenty-four hours to their website, and in a twelve-day span, they quadruple, they quadrupled Vegas numbers. So the bar was set by Vegas, and Seattle just, and pun intended, blew it out of the water. Yeah, yeah, good pun, man. And then the last number I want to point out is that they paid the league an, an expansion fee of $650 million. Right. And it seems like they're already on track to make that back this year, even with a global <laughs> pandemic going on. So, and that's just the NHL's like plan to avoid like another whatever it is, Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah. Those type of things. It's just set the number so high that whoever whatever billionaire, millionaire gets into this 
is going to have some incentive to actually have his team succeed. Yep. So that's nope. what that is. And they're, they're doing a good job right so far. There's my facts about Seattle. I'm pumped. That's yeah, really, we're still fired up about Seattle. That's really all I got to say about it. They're doing, I mean, like I said, Vegas set the bar and they're just blowing it out of the water, which is crazy to me. So, Absolutely, yep. All right. I'm done with my stuff. Okay, drop lottery. Uh, so I don't know if you remember a month ago, a few weeks ago, whenever it was, they did the first half of the draft lottery. And whether you think it was fixed or not, the number, it was fixed. The number one <laughs> pick went to what's going to end up being the highest seed in the lottery. It just, whatever it happened to happen like that, where one of the teams that got eliminated from the qualifying round is represented as this mystery team in the lottery, and that mystery team won the first picks against all the odds. Yep. Well, not quote six by Gary Bettman. Um, so now they have to pick which of those teams is going to win the draft lottery for the number one pick, and it is dangerous because there are a lot of good teams in that discussion. Like you mentioned before we start, Pittsburgh is the number five seed. They should have made a deep, deep run into this playoffs. They just weren't ready. They didn't show up on time boo-hoo pandemic you know strikes in another way in Pittsburgh but yeah. they now have a chance to start next year with the number one pick when they should have no business being anywhere close to number one it's fixed because and this is why I say Pittsburgh's probably going to get it 30 years ago was Lemieux 15 years ago was Crosby I mean Pittsburgh's due for a number one pick every 15 years yep yep I don't. It's not exactly 15 years, but you get my point. They get the number one pick, and they eventually win back-to-back cups. Lemieux did it. Crosby did it. Uh, Lafernie, I think, is the number one overall pick's name. Lafernier. Lafernier. Yeah. Lafernier. He's guaranteed number one. He's gonna dominate whatever organization he gets drafted by, because he's he's literally that, he's that kind of talent. He's Chris Letang on steroids, literally the exact Pittsburgh player that they have there. I mean, Lafreniere is the – watching the juniors, he was the best player on any – like I've ever – he dominated so much. It yeah. really reminded me of Connor McDavid because I remember, and I've told this on here before, watching the only playoff game I've ever actually seen him play in was in the CHL finals, the Memorial Cup, and he scored five goals in a 6-5 win, <laughs> and he absolutely dominated. And Max Lafreniere has the same – demeanor on the ice he absolutely runs it and from the back end that's super dangerous because while that is rising in the game we talk about it all the time um it's not that popular still it's becoming more and more important the offensive defensemen but it's still they're carving their own way so offensive defensemen are not defended well against right now there's really no way to to say it any other way it's just it's not popular yet and it's making a rise but Lafreniere could he could tear the league apart. So, and here's a good example of how I want to just like who I want to compare him to is Kale McCarr because Kale McCarr tears it up offensively, not to mention he's the best defenseman Colorado has. We can argue about that all day. Uh, And Lafreniere, that's their weakness. He's, he's, I think better than Kale McCarr from what I've seen already. Might be. So, yeah. yeah, it's going to be insane. Yeah, I mean, and if he if goes to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh it's, it's wraps for next season. 
another another repeat for them. Watch your mouth. I mean, what if he goes to Edmonton though? Right? That's another team. I know. Any team you could pick, it's exciting. McDavid, Dreisaitl, who's gonna win the heart. Max Lawson, yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, okay. we talk about McDavid and Dreisaitl all the time, and they got trashed by an old Chicago Blackhawks team. We're going to talk about that later. But Geezers. Geezers just mop the floor with them. Anyway, all right, let's get to uh, the results of the round robin and qualifiers, shall we? Yeah, can I just preface this with, I don't think, I haven't looked at your picks, Matt. I don't think mine could have been any worse. Oh, no. Maybe got one serious right. I'm with you. With you. I'm actually gonna I'll I'll pull them up right now while you're while you're going over yeah. who okay who the seeds are. Why don't you why don't you do that? All right. The Western Conference round robin. The number one seed is the Vegas Golden Knights, number two Colorado, three Dallas, and four St. Louis, which puts both of the defending conference finals champions at the four seed in their respective conferences. Uh who knows what to think about that. I don't, but Whatever. Maybe it's the, you know, the uh, Stanley Cup hangover right. that they talk about. So, uh, I had St. Louis winning the Ram Robin. Okay. okay. And you had Vegas last. That's all we need to say about our picks. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm pulling them up now, too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Vegas... Vegas, Colorado, uh, that game between those two, winner got the one seed. That was a great game. I th- I personally think this is a teaser for the end of our show. I think that that's going to be the Western Conference Finals. Um, both of those teams were head and shoulders above the, the other two. Um, I like it. Colorado, they scored with .1 second left against the Blues, but they were dominating the end of that game. Uh, mm-hmm. The game would have went into overtime. I, I feel like they would have won it, especially with uh, McKinnon and Rantanen and Kale McCarr as the three that would have been out on the ice. So Yeah. Yeah, tough to beat that. But then you get it past 45 seconds and you don't know what to do. But yeah, that's a, that's a discussion for a different day. You're right. It's tough to beat that trio. But, yeah, so those are the West Robin seeds. Um, why don't we talk about the qualifiers real quick before we move on to the East? Okay. Um, we'll go with the first series that we mentioned just before. The Edmonton Oilers, the five seed, lost 3-1 to one to the veteran Chicago Blackhawks, which were the 12th seed, the, the worst team in the Western Conference coming into it. What are your thoughts? Knee-jerk reaction. Let's hear it. Uh, okay. Um, the first thing I want to point out, and I know he's watching, Dominic Kubalik, if you're watching, I am so sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> because we, me and you both looked at this camera and said, and the people that listen on Spotify, we said, this guy doesn't even deserve to be in the Calder Trophy. It's a two-horse race. Who even, even worse is than that? Who we, even we didn't even know who he was. Exactly. <laughs> in the first game. They put up six goals on Edmonton, and he scores five points, which is an NHL playoff debut record. This kid was phenomenal. I'm sorry. 
And I also want to apologize to Jonathan Taze because in game three, I was like, or even as early as game one, I was like, where's Taze been? This has been. And he scores like three out of the four game winners. It's unbelievable. Um, Chicago, Chicago knew everybody was doubting them and they came out and beat the crap out of Edmonton. That's my my thoughts. That's my first thought too is Chicago, just like Kubelik, I guess it's fitting. Nobody's really thinking about them at all. Coming in, it was like the Edmonton show. Oh, Edmonton just barely missed getting into the top four. Whatever. They're going to handle Colorado. I mean, they're going to handle Chicago, and they'll be in there right away. Yeah. Um, and that was not at all the case. I mean, I don't know if I mentioned it on here. I think I did. I was expecting older teams to do better in the restart just because they're more responsible to get their guys going quickly and I mean, this is a new thing for everybody, so I guess it's an even playing field. But I just think that the more responsible veterans were the ones who were going to lead their guys to be in perfect shape and to be ready to go for these qualifiers. And we saw people not being ready to go all over the place in this, especially in the round robin. But, I mean, we talked about the Rangers being one of the hottest teams in the league, and they got absolutely steamrolled in their series. Yep. And it just happened that some teams just came in and were not ready. And I would put the Oilers in that conversation. Um, they got those two superstar players in McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, I mean, they did jack. On paper, Edmonton should have swept Chicago. But you are absolutely right with the older guys. Playoff experience won this series. Taze, Kane, Seabrook, Duncan Keith. Those guys won three cups. They know what it takes, global pandemic or not. So, uh, yeah, well, so Chicago, and, I, and I'm excited to see them play Vegas. Me too. Immediately become my team to watch in the Western Conference. Just That'll be a lot of fun. It really is just like starting brand new. And it stinks that some teams are going to get kicked out who should have made the playoffs in the first place. But it also makes it super interesting because who knows, maybe in the – 2020 season, you know, whatever you want to call this, the Corona Cup, maybe in that, the Chicago Blackhawks are the best team. It's just completely brand new. It's almost like the first part of the season didn't even happen, and they just started again right now. Yep. I mean, the layoff was longer than a normal offseason, and you see how quickly teams turn around in the offseason. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So that's all I got on that, series. You got anything else? Uh, no, I ran it enough about that. Cool. Let's hop into the next one. Nashville Predators versus Arizona Coyotes. The Coyotes win the series three to one. I'll start with this one. Um, I said I would. I was doubting Arizona just because of their unsureness with the goaltending, and then Darcy Kemper came out, started every game, and looked awesome. So I'd like to think that if I knew that were the case, I would pick differently in the series. But I did say I don't think that Kemper is fully healthy, and by the looks of things, he is. He played well. I mean, good for Arizona. It's another upset. And they just handled the Predators 3-1 again. Um, so I picked Arizona, but I, I did it in five just because of, like you said, goaltending. I figured Kemper would would take him a couple games if he wasn't healthy. But he played lights out. I mean, he the lowest shot total he faced was 39. Um I mean, he stole this series right from Nashville. Taylor Hall, Kessel, the Stars played well for Arizona. And I think 
not having – I talked about it, um, Pecorine starting. I thought he was going to be in there, and he wasn't. So I think not having Pecorine and that playoff experience also hurt Nashville. But good on Arizona. And, again, I'm a, all these matchups that we got in round one, uh, I, I can't wait to see. So good on Arizona, and, uh, and I'm ready to see what they do next next round. Definitely, definitely. All right, next one, number seven, Vancouver. Wins 3-1 over number 10, Minnesota. Most of us saw this coming. Uh, same old, same old for Vancouver. They went all in and tried to put a cup team together, and it looks like they may have done that. Um, they rolled them. This series I only caught like one game of, but from what I saw, Vancouver absolutely dominated Minnesota, and I think Minnesota needs to, in the offseason, take a look at the mirror and say, all right, what are we about? What's our franchise need to do from here on out? Because it's been mediocrity uh, for a long time. So so Minnesota's in an interesting situation here that I guess I would put, well, no, I'll, I won't even say that. So you're never even going to know what I was thinking. But okay, uh, Minnesota's in one of those situations where it just feels like they were playing with house money in this case. They wouldn't have made it in. Um, they were not, I mean, we thought they were packing it in with a month in when they sent away whoever it was to Pittsburgh. They sent Zucker to Pittsburgh for Galchenyuk. Right. Which yeah. didn't seem like a win now kind of move. And they did win now. <laughs> and then they ended up sneaking into a modified playoff. Uh, and they didn't get through, but yeah, maybe it is time to step back and think about what they're doing. But I would say that Maybe they weren't expecting to move on here. Every team is expecting to move on as far as on ice and planning and everything like that. But I don't know if management is overly disappointed that they don't get a shot at the playoffs this year in a year that they wouldn't have expected to anyway. Yeah, that's true. Okay, why don't we move on? The last series, the eight first nine. Calgary Flames 3-1 over Winnipeg. Again, no game fives in the West, only one in the East. Um, it seems in every series one team was better than the other, except really that one, that um, the Columbus-Toronto series. But Calgary handles Winnipeg quickly. Calgary looked good in this from what I can see. Um, I don't have many thoughts on this one. Uh, me neither. Calgary dominated them. Um, even with not having some of their players due to opting out, but – I thought that I thought Winnipeg was going to take it due to Hell Buck, and he he played well, but I don't think he had enough help to to overcome Calgary. I think Calgary's got a lot of talent, and they're young, and I'm excited. I, I know I, I say I'm excited a lot, but I am excited. Yeah. That was poised to be one of the better series off of Game One with the whole Matthew Kachuk drama. I don't know if you followed that as well, but Matthew Kachuk hit. Mark Shifley, I hope I'm not getting that wrong. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Yes, it was Mark Shifley. Yeah, in the back of the foot, uh, could possible Achilles, um, whatever. It was not good. He got carried off the ice. And Winnipeg's coach, I'm blanking on his name, was not holding back any thoughts about Matthew Kachuk, saying that that was a dirty move. He can't believe he did it. And, though there was – a war of words and it never really materialized into anything for Winnipeg. They looked better in the second half of that game against Calgary. Couldn't pull out the win, 
Um, and then from there on, it just, they, you know, I didn't think they looked very good. It just seemed like they weren't ready to play. Uh, a healthy Shifley, they might have been able to squeak out another game because he is their best center. But I don't know if it's enough to, to turn the entire series. But, um, yeah. I mean, I the play, I don't think it was – I don't even think it was intentional. But Kachuk Skate did hit Shifley's Achilles. And people on Twitter were saying it was a torn Achilles. Some people were saying he wasn't putting weight on it to be precautionary and he, he could come back. So you, you didn't even know what was going on. And like we talked about last episode, teams don't have to disclose their players' injuries. So Right. So we'll never know about, well, who knows, maybe next year. But if yeah. that is an Achilles rupture, uh, don't expect them to see the ice next year either, which is extremely sad. And even hopefully that's not the case. We got our fingers crossed. Yep. Okay, right, so let's move on to the Eastern Conference. Uh, we'll just read off the seeds, and then you can tell us what our picks were. They were god-awful. Spoiler. <laughs> they were horrible. <laughs> uh, so Philly goes 3-0, and runs the table, and they look like the best team, and they take the number one seed. Deserve yep. it. They earned it. In this system that they've put in place, Philadelphia came in the most ready of any team I'd seen, other than maybe Montreal. And they take the number one seed. Number two is Tampa Bay going two and one, winning an overtime over Washington and again against the Bruins, losing one to Philly. And then Washington at number three at one, one and one. And the Boston Bruins at 0 3 and 0 didn't look good in any game at any point. I'm worried about Boston, but that's what you got. So here you go. You put Boston at one. Yep. So that's all you need to know. And I put Philly last. So that's all you yep. need to know. Same thing as the last one. Or we, just, <laughs> wrong. we just flipped it. Yeah. Philly looked absolutely dominant. Uh, got a hot, played unbelievable, and he didn't even play. He only played like 90 minutes out of three games. Elliott played the rest. Um, their offense looks great. Their defense looks even better, and their goaltending looks phenomenal. Their coach mm-hmm. is up for the Jack Adams Award. I don't see... From what I saw, I don't see any team beating the Flyers in the seven-game series. Um, well, I'll tell you what. There's one team that we're both, I know, excited to watch going forward, and it's not something I would usually say about this team, given the rivalry. But if there's anybody coming out of the qualifiers <coughs> who looked poised to beat the Flyers, it's the Canadians. And we're going to talk about them, I guess, in a second. We'll we'll keep going with the rest of the three teams. But, um, my team looked abysmal other than the game on – yesterday against your mm-hmm. Bruins. Sorry we didn't do a a companion. I was driving. Christian was too busy getting mad. Uh me, him and my dad have a group chat. My dad and him were going back and forth talking yeah. crap to each other. As we typically do. <coughs> All in good fun. Until he crosses the line and we'll see when that happens. <laughs> they have a good report, which is good. Uh yeah, and then I don't have anything to say about the Bruins. This is the first President's Trophy winner ever to not be the one seed. So. Which I love, actually, to be honest with you. I wish we were the two seed, but to be dead honest with you, I think the President's Trophy curse is now lifted. And the same with, with St. Louis in the West being the Stanley Cup hangover is now lifted. They've gone through the first round without a win, and now they have a chance to reset. Granted, they got one day. But they got, you know, we got one day I, to figure this out. The but thing, the Bruins did say at the beginning that 
we earned a, a way, like an opportunity to have three warm-up games that are somewhat meaningful Yep. before we start playing meaningful hockey. So hopefully they just took them way too lightly. I don't think that that's the case. I think that they were really trying and they just didn't have it. Every but, um, analyst was saying you can't just flip it on and off. It's playoff hockey. So mm-hmm. um, for the teams that were saying, well, these games don't really mean much, there's a bigger issue. Uh, you that, just, I subscribe to that belief completely. Yeah. So I'm just Boston, hoping we're the anomaly. Boston has the talent to win the cup. They were 20 minutes from winning the cup last year. Mm. So th- those are my thoughts. Yep. So, yeah, let's move on. Let's start talking about Montreal, who took out the number five Penguins in, in four games. Um, the only game that they won, I was able to watch the whole thing that Pittsburgh won, and it was a 2-1 win um, that Montreal still looked unbelievable in. And the story of this series is Carey Price absolutely stood on his head every single game that I watched, including the loss. And it just looks like you can't get a puck by him right now. Um, yes, Carey Price is back to vintage Carey Price, which makes the Montreal Canadiens the most dangerous team in the playoffs. Uh, yes, I said that. They are the last seed. They shouldn't have made it in. But this is a first ballot Hall of Fame goalie who's playing like a first ballot Hall of Fame goalie. And he's the best goalie of our generation when he's healthy. I think every coach in the league would take him over anybody else if he was available. Absolutely. You start your and franchise right now, you start him with Carey Price. And that, that's exactly. That's decision. So, Carter Hart versus Carey Price, they're both playing phenomenal. It's going to be a goaltender dream, and I'm, I'm pumped. It's going to be but awesome. Yeah, you and you mentioned, you mentioned the health with Carey Price. Um, that's the main key. And even coming into the playoffs in the rare years where they've been able to make it with Tim as their goalie, he's played 65 games going into yeah. it and he's got to be dead tired any year that he can survive the whole year without getting tired I mean without getting hurt he's like dog tired by the time they get to the playoffs he plays 65 games a year yeah. whereas most always play 45 55 um, out of 82 and that's just not a recipe for success going into the I get it you know that's their only chance to win the playoffs sometimes is for Carey Price to steal 40 games a year <laughs> and he does it and they it's make it and he's dead and now he has a three-month break. He comes in fresh, super healthy, and he looks like Carey Price. I mean, there's no better way to say it. When they won the Olympic gold, he played exactly like he's playing right now. So on the other side of the coin, the Pittsburgh Penguins had absolutely no excuse unless they're, they're throwing it for the number one seed. They <laughs> had all the time to be healthy. They have all the talent in the world with Gensel, Malkin, Cross. I mean, this is the first time all season they've been healthy. Uh, Matt Murray looked like garbage. I mean, they just look bad. And I don't know what did look bad. And I'm surprised it's the second one where um, I'm surprised they didn't switch to the other goalie. I'm surprised that Nashville did not go to Rene when things were not going well. And I'm extremely surprised that Jari did not seem time in this series because Matt Murray looked awful. Awful. I think think they did put Jari in game three, maybe. Good. Yeah, no, I didn't notice that. Even then. I mean. He started games four and five. He really should have. Um, if they if they made it to game four, five, assuming that Jari yeah. played well in game four. Well, they couldn't even get a puck past Price in the elimination game. So, 
Yep. Maybe maybe they were throwing it because they know it's fixed because Bettman's giving them the one seed. Yeah. I mean, if you're Bettman, it's not the worst idea. But. All right. Those are my okay. Thoughts. Why don't we? Yeah. Why don't we go to number six? Another team that was unreal. <clears throat> oh, hold up! Hold up! Team. Hold up! You picked the Pens to sweep. So I just want to play. I that feel out. bad about. I feel really disgusting about that one okay. that one really hurt me i know you're gonna point it out in this series so i wanted to point that out okay <laughs> carolina wins against the red hot rangers red hot in quotes yep three nothing never close um it's sad to say but king henrik looked like an old man yeah and the hurricanes just absolutely steamrolled and i am i cannot understate how worried i am about Carolina going into the first round. So that's the the number one point I want to bring up. Henrik Lundqvist, another Hall of Fame goalie, unbelievable, had his 129 playoff game start snapped uh, in game mm-hmm. three. They went with the backup, and Carolina they had to. They had to at that point. But I do want to make sure I point out, because I've said this multiple times on our podcast, New York's a year or two away from being the best team in the league, uh, talent-wise. They they will figure it out. But uh, yeah, I agree. And imagine if they get the number one pick, they're right on track. But I think they were riding with Lundqvist a little bit too long, and Carolina just—I mean, Brenda Moore's got his team rolling. So mm-hmm. I picked the Rangers in a sweep. I feel disgusting about that pick, but I honestly believe that when the camp. The season was canceled in March. The Rangers could have played with anybody. So Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, they were on their way to making the playoffs. And they were the eleven seed, so but the Met we know that the East was so tight when they called this season. Yeah. So they really did have a chance to win it. Uh what could have been for the New York Rangers, that's all I got on them. Yep, they're only they're only a year or two away, I'm telling you. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Number seven, New York Islanders win the series three to one against the Florida Panthers. This was an interesting one, for sure, going into it, because we really didn't know what to see. Uh, Florida Panthers were the hot slash cold team all over the, like, and across the entire league for the entire season. They win for, lose for, you know. Yep. Um, and the New York Islanders were on the worst skid that any team had, including, you know, the whatever it was, the 15-win Detroit Red Wings. The Islanders had lost, I think it was close to seven in a row. I think it was like nine. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, then, and they come out and look awesome against Florida. They look really good against a good Florida Panthers team. And, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, the Islanders, as a we're going to talk about this, the round one, I'm scared because they have very Trotz. But this was the epitome of how Barry Trotz coached. They would go up one nothing. They would go up two to one, and they would park the bus, and it would be really defensive. And that's the way they like to win games. They're super physical. Uh, I think their fourth line broke the record for NHL hits in a season like three years ago. Matt Martin, their fourth line center, has like three out of the top five uh, hits in a season records. Yeah, I've seen that before. Yep. Um, so. This team likes to play defensive. They don't mind winning games one nothing because they know they're gonna they're gonna be super physical on you, um, yeah. and that's the and, way they won the series. And to be a team like that, you have to be stacked with centermen, which they are. Like you just yeah. mentioned, Matt Martin, the 
their number four center and their top three are just as good. So. Yep. I also want to point out in the series, Pajot's like four foot two. Uh, if you haven't seen it, look it up. Look up. All you have to do is look up Pajot Brian Boyle. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. If he's, he, Granted, he, Brian Boyle's like six eight, but. I know. <laughs> my boy was like six eight on skates. He like bumped at him, and Boyle just grabbed him. Oh my <laughs> god! It was like the moment of the series. Yeah, it was hilarious. That. It, was funny. it was funny. Anyway, look it up. That's all I gotta say. Okay. But yeah. Okay. And the last series, the best one, save the best for last. Yep. The need to win Toronto Maple Leafs lose in five games to the number nine Columbus Blue Jackets. It was the only elimination game, and it was never close. Three nothing win. Nope. Um, I mean, credit <laughs> to Columbus; they looked awesome. But the story of this series is Toronto. They have no room. They can't go anywhere from here. You know, it's just they have to go with what they got for next year and hope it goes better. Which is the Albert Einstein: you can't try the same thing twice and expect a different result. Yep. And if you do, that's the definition of insanity. And that they have no choice but to do that for next season. That, those are your thoughts? Because I got a Talking lot. about Toronto. Yeah, that's what I got. Why don't you go ahead? Okay. Uh, last night, Columbus scores. I'm watching the game with my dad. I, I cheer a little bit. He says, what, you're rooting for Columbus? I said, yes, I'm not rooting for that trash organization. Okay, Toronto. that's a lot, but okay. And he goes, well, well, they fired a Hall of Fame coach. And we talked about this when they fired Mike Babcock. He was not a good fit for them. Your dad's a Mike Babcock guy? He's, he was riding high on that. He's that a Hall of Fame coach. Hot, hot I know. Guy. I was like, he's not a good fit for them, clearly. Um, no, you're right. Columbus, Tortorella, what a guy after game four. Uh, and let me just lay it out for you. Game four, Columbus has the series in hand. They're up 3 nothing. They give up three goals in four minutes to go into overtime and then eventually lose in overtime. Tortorella postgame, they ask him what happened in the last four minutes. He said, and I quote, don't want to talk about it. And then they asked him uh, about Rorinsky's injury, and he said, quote, I don't know, haven't talked to the trainer. And that was the entire postgame press conference after game four. Uh, started the series with Corpusalo, benched him for Merzlikens. Merzlikens gives up three goals in four minutes. Benches Merzlikens, goes back to Corbisalo, who shoots out <laughs> Toronto. And the final cap on this entire rant is that they have the highest paid line in NHL history with Marner, Matthews, and Tavares, and they couldn't put up one goal, one single all, goal on Corbisalo. Every single one of those guys makes over eight figures. Tavares makes $15 million a year, and look up the highlights from last night. He missed a wide open net and hit the post. Fifteen million a year, unbelievable. They have no cap room. They're losing like seven out of nine of their defensemen to free agency next year. They're they're a train wreck. Toronto yeah. was a absolutely must win team this year, and they blew it. They lost to an underperforming Columbus Blue Jackets team, who is now dangerous because Tortorella gotten everybody's face after game four and they're playing with some fire toronto's in trouble that is the number one topic we need to talk about in the offseason absolutely i'm sorry for ranting this long but unbelievable series no that was great um echo everything you said i just checked the space if my math is correct they have 500k 
to work with. And they have three unrostered defensemen for next for next year. One of them is Cody CC, which is a legit player. Yep. An absolute necessity for him to be back. And they they can't pay him. They they can pay him 500k more, and then they only have five rostered defensemen, which means they have to draft two and throw them right into the lineup. Yep. So who knows what they're going to do? I have to imagine they have some kind of plan. But you spend all your money on the front end, and they don't score goals. That is the definition of a recipe for disaster. Um, you get 80k for players, and you have four players that are making over 10k. I mean, sorry, you get 80 million for your yep. cap space. <clears throat> and three players on that team are making 38 percent of their salary cap. That is unbelievable. Four, four is making over 50. If you unbelievable, Mitch Marner, you don't that. win. You haven't made it out of the first round since what 2010, and yeah. you haven't won a cup since the 60s. This is, and you're supposed to be center of the hockey universe. This is unbelievable from the Toronto organization. Hire me and Christian. We'll fix it quick. We'll trade Tavares because he's a bum. We'll make Matthews the best player in the league. And Marner needs to be a, Marner needs to be a, uh, an associate to Matthews, not making 10.5 a year to be underwhelming. Yeah, we will renegotiate Mitch Marner's contract and make him take six and a half million. And exactly. And Tavares is gone because he's a bum anyway, and he's making he's the highest paid player in the league. Unbelievable. That's all I got. million dollars a year, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I agree with you. After all of that. But what I want to say, I want to give Columbus credit because they look great. Oh, yeah. Corpus All looked awesome. He played the majority of the games. Uh, he looked great. And in the games that he didn't, they put in Merzlikens, and he didn't look very good. <laughs> Like you, you already mentioned, you said it all, Matt. Um, we're going to leave it at that. Right. That wraps up the first qualifying slash round robin round of this series. I mean, of this playoffs, and it was a doozy. And we have to talk about round one now. What were your thoughts on the qualifying and round robin as a whole? Um, I'm really sad we're never going to see it again. That that's what I have so far because it was awesome, and it, it is really sad that that's going to be the only one we ever see. Fingers crossed. Hopefully nothing like this ever happens again. Um, uh, yes, I'm very sick of quarantine and wearing a mask and coronavirus, but I did look at my dad yesterday and I was like, can they do this every year? I mean, unbelievable that both 12 seeds won, like in dominating fashion too. It could not have worked out any well for the league, I would say. My dad has differing opinions, and I'm sure we talked about that. My dad's not happy about the format of it because for whatever reason. He, has, he makes so, some good points. I also want to point out the NHL uh, field Yates is a and, and NFL yep. reporter for ESPN. He yep. tweeted today that over 18,000 COVID tests since the NHL bubble started, not one positive. And I quoted the tweet, go to my Twitter, retweet awesome. it. I said, hockey has and always will do it better than anyone else. And this, this quarantine, this bubble, this global pandemic is proving me, Christian, everyone who pushes for hockey to be more important than the fourth highest grossing sport in the country. Um, I mean, it should be at the forefront of sports because we, the NHL and us as hockey fans, we just do it better and we're proving ourselves right. Yeah. And I think it all comes down to this. And I've said this before, nobody loves their job more than anyone that works in hockey. And that includes yep. players, coaches, staff, you know, trainers, commissioner, all those guys absolutely love what they do. And it shows because they're really committed to getting this season in. 
And the fans, us, we really, really appreciate it because it would be absolutely devastating if something were to happen and this season would have to be shut down. So thank you, NHL, for being responsible. Good on the league for setting up an unbelievable – not only have they kept it safe, they just created one of the best weeks of hockey that there's ever been. Absolutely. And they were able to do it in a month of knowing that they were going to be able to do this. Players are saying that the bubble's been great. They have personalized um, floors. Fire for all festival. The you have no fire fest. They're actually getting real food. Um, everything has gone so well so far. Uh, I'm so happy to, I guess, have a small part in it, you know, just yep. be able to watch it and talk just about to, it. Just to be a, a vocal hockey fan. Uh, exactly. Saying this has gone perfect is that is an understatement. So definitely. So we got our standard playoffs starting soon with a little bit of a twist. Uh, reseed right now and also after every single round in the future. So after this round, uh, the highest seed is going to play the lowest seed, and it's going to keep going like that. It's not a bracket form. It does work like that, like the NFL playoffs do. Like the NFL does. Yep. Um, so. Why don't we just get going right away? The number one playing the number 12 in the West, Vegas Golden Knights uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks. Um, the Knights are, are underdog. I'm sorry, they're favorites at minus 190. Blackhawks underdogs at plus 165. What do you got, Matt? What do you got? Uh, so I put it in the script as what the seeds were coming in. Uh, and I want to make sure we keep track of that because technically Chicago is like the eighth seed now. No, yeah, that makes it good. To I want to put it in there that way because say Chicago makes it to the cup, I want to make sure that everyone knows they were the 12th seed and they shouldn't have been in the playoffs. But uh, that's thought number one. Thought number two is playoff experience is going to show up again in this series. And Vegas as a – organization as an entire franchise only has two years of it. Whereas hmm. Chicago, I mean, they have players on their team that have, that are now in like their 150th playoff game. So uh, playoff, I think Vegas takes this series. I think they take it in six, but Chicago has enough playoff experience to at least steal a couple games. So I got Vegas in six. All right. Yeah, this is a, such a tough pick for me. Um, like we said, Chicago came out of the woodwork and absolutely dominated. Um, as far as betting, I guess I put my money on Chicago, and I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to go with Chicago, even though Vegas looks so good. Um, it's so tough because you feel like you had the opportunity to earn your draw in this round-robin format. But the fact is you really didn't because Vegas won their three games or whatever they won, and they now have to play arguably the best team of the four lower seeds because of how great Chicago looked in the first round. Yep. I'm going to pick Chicago just based on exactly what you just said. It's the playoff experience. Not that Vegas doesn't have much. They do have a lot, if you really think about it. A lot of these teams haven't made the playoffs twice in the past eight years, which is why teams – completely turn over for the most part. So making it two times in the past two years means that almost every single one of these guys on the team has significant playoff experience. But with that being said, Chicago having one cup, having looked so good, uh, I'm going to go with Chicago. All right. I'll say in seven. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just 
to preface the rest of our picks, we can't get any worse than we did in the qualifying round. So Yeah, I feel so much less pressure now because I know I can't do any worse than I did. Yeah, so there you go. Um, all right, number two, Colorado Avalanche versus number 11, Arizona Coyotes. I'm pumped for this matchup. Uh, there's so much talent. There's so much speed on both sides. Colorado's the minus 170 favorite, and Arizona's the plus 150 underdog. This is the money lines are for game one. They're not for the series. Okay. So, thoughts? Man. It's another one where Arizona looks so good, but Colorado is just a heavy, heavy favorite. Um, I'm going to go with Colorado on this one. Uh, I think it'll be a good series. Uh, Arizona looks really good. I know it's easy to say I think it'll be a good series, but Arizona looked really, really good, and Darcy Kemper stole games, which is what they're going to need to happen. If Darcy Kemper plays just as well, Colorado's going to have significant trouble with them. But I'm going to put Colorado in six games. That's what I'm going to have. Okay. Uh, I agree with you. I think Darcy – if Darcy – Darcy Kemper plays as well as he did in the qualifying round. Colorado is going to have a lot of trouble, but they have the talent to put pucks in the net, regardless of who's playing goalie. Uh, McKinnon is a heart finalist once again, and this team is so fast. It's unbelievable. Their power play looks great. Uh, I'm going, I'm going Colorado in, in six as well. I, I, I okay. that's such a good pick. I, I, I hate to copy you, but. No, no. I like when we copy each other. You know, we don't agree much on this, so it's good to... Well, we both pick the pens, so... <laughs> when we agree, we're wrong. So, if you, if you are betting, put your money on Arizona. Yeah, definitely put your money on Arizona. Yeah. Okay. All right, the number three seed, Dallas Stars, against the number eight, Calgary Flames. Um, Calgary looked really good. Stars looked really good. Again, it's all Western Conference. So, every single one of these teams won their series three to one if they're the lower seed. Yep. And um, so all these, really all four of these teams looked really good in the first round. So it's tough to pick against them. But as I said at the beginning of the season, I have Dallas in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I think I had them playing the Bruins in the finals. You did. Not, I did. So I'm going to have to ride with them. I'll ride that pick. I'm going to say Dallas in seven. Uh, so Vegas has this game one as a pick em. Uh, they're both minus 110. I assume that this series is the same way. It's just a toss-up pick em. I, I think uh, Ben Bishop played great. Hugh Doman played as well as he could have as a backup. I think that goaltending is going to be a key factor in this series because, I mean, to be honest, what Mike Smith, I think, is Calgary's goalie. Um, he was like a backup in Edmonton like four years ago. So, whereas Ben Bishop was winning business like four years ago. So right. I got I got Dallas in six. I think the the talent, especially the playoff experience, is Dallas as well. So I got Dallas in six. Yep. Ben Bishop obviously a huge factor in that series. So. Yep. Yep. That's huge. Okay. St. Louis number four, the defending champ. They play number seven Vancouver Canucks, and they are favored pretty heavily in the first game. Um, minus 150, the Canucks are plus 130. Quinn Hughes, possible rookie of the year campaign, is now in the books. Uh, he looked really good. He did put up a goal, but 
They looked good defensively in the qualifying round. St. Louis did not look good, similar to the Bruins. They just didn't come ready. And, yeah, it's, this is basically whether you just you subscribe to the belief that teams can turn it on now or yeah. if they just – it's now too late. So, this is really tough to pick, but I'm going to go with Vancouver as the number seven seed over the number four St. Louis Blues. I know I have, I've been burned before with my St. Louis Blues hate, so I guess I'm riding the train again. But I really like Vancouver. I have all year. I like them going all in again this year, as I said before. So I'm going to go with them. Wow. How many games? Seven. Vancouver and seven. Wow. Nope. Uh, nope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a strong pick. I'm going to say Vancouver and five. Vancouver and five? <laughs> yeah. I, have to, I can't just keep picking seven. I feel bad. I want to make some bold predictions. Looks like Matt might have cut out on us, and he's caught on a very hilarious face. So if you're looking, uh, I mean, take a screenshot of that if you got it. But, yeah, I know I'd have to make a bold pick here. I said games and seven. Matt, you're back. I said oh, sorry. I said seven and six before, and I keep saying it, so I want to make a bold pick. I really don't think St. Louis is ready. I think they lose the first two games right off the bat to Vancouver, and it's going to be hard for them to dig out a hole. So that's what I got, Vancouver in five. Okay, uh, I couldn't – I don't know what happened there, but I couldn't disagree with you anymore. Okay, um, good. I like when we do this. Minnesota is such, a, like, a mediocre team, and Vancouver didn't look that great against them. Um, St. Louis didn't look great, but they were also playing the best three teams in the West. Mm-hmm. So I got St. Louis in five, I think – Bennington plays lights out. I think all the stars show up. Tarasenko, they they play lights out. They put a lot of goals on Vancouver. I think Quinn Hughes and company has nothing for St. Louis. Very good. That'll be a fun one to watch, knowing that we got a lot on the line here. Those are our boldest picks so far. So why don't we move on to the Eastern Conference? All right. And we'll start with series number one. The one-seed Philadelphia Flyers have not lost in the postseason in 2020. They take on Montreal Canadiens, who steamrolled the number five-seed Pittsburgh Penguins, who were considered to be legitimate cup contenders on the way into this series. And they got handled by Carey Price and the Montreal Canadiens. So I'm going to leave you – I'm going to let you pick this one first. This one is so difficult. Thank you for throwing me under the bus. This one is so hard. Uh, the Flyers looked unstoppable. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Carey Price looked unbeatable. So this is kind of the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. Like, scale <laughs> is old as time. Yep. Um, oh, gosh. I got Montreal in seven. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I think, oh, my gosh. I think Carey Price steals this. If he played as well as he did in qualifying round, I don't care who you are. You're not getting pucks past him on a consistent basis. I think Montreal steals this series in seven. 100%. Um, I'm going to go with Philly just because you go red hot against red hot and you have to go with the track record, and Philly has done it all year. They were hot coming in, and they stay hot. So I think they're the same team that got canceled in March 12th. Um, They're the same team now as they were then, maybe better. Montreal, obviously, totally different team. 
maybe still finding their identity. Who knows? It's You have to imagine both of these teams have loads and loads of confidence, and they may just be playing – each other may just be playing the best team in the – left in the uh, – I mean, they both look like the best team left in the playoffs. They yeah. really did. So I'm going to go with Philly in seven, but this is – this is my series to watch. I think this is going to be so fun. Def- I mean, e- you could go across everything, too. Like, coaches, you got Claude Julian, who, who won a cup in Boston in 11. Mm-hmm. You got Vigneault, who's up for the Jack Adams Award, has done a phenomenal job rebuilding Philly. Definitely. Uh, goalies, Carter Hart versus Carey Price. I mean, I'm, like, stoked for that goalie matchup because Carter Hart's the next Carey Price. That's what everyone calls him. I mean, he's only, what, 20 years old, and he's already on track to be, like, as good as Carey Price or even better, which is, like, weird for me to say out loud. But it's true. He's, he's unbelievable even at the age of 20. So Yeah. So here's, here's a prediction that I think is not very bold. I think you and I can probably both agree on this. The majority of this series, no matter how many games it goes to, will be played in the Montreal zone. And that's just the way that the game is played for both of these teams. Montreal takes their chances when they can get them. And Philly just creates them out of nothing. They're a high-flying team. They like to play on the run. And Montreal absolutely is not a, a go. You know, they're not a uh, high-flying team like Philly is. They take their chances whenever they get them. They rely on the brick wall that is Harry Price standing in the net. It's a Claude Julian team. They, they roll four lines out there. The fourth line is going to play 11, 12 minutes a night and they're going to make you work for every single inch on the ice. And Philly has a lot of scores. They're going to be running up and down the ice. At least they're going to try to. So it's just what style is going to dominate. And we're going to see, I think, very different games played out in the games that they win. You know that Montreal is playing on their, um, in their pace when they get a lead. And just like Barry Trotz, Claude Julian is, they're going to get that lead, and they're going to pack it in. And not a single guy is going to go outside the dots for the rest of the game. And that's just how they like to play. If the game is going back and forth, Philadelphia is going to absolutely dominate because Montreal just doesn't have the firepower. I, I, I agree with you 100% because when you was, go back and watch the, the Pittsburgh-Montreal series, it looked like at face value, Pittsburgh was just dominating. They were in the Montreal zone the entire time. Mm-hmm. That's the way Montreal plays. Like you said, right, that's, that's the way Claude Julian coaches. They're slow, they're physical, and they rely on the best goaltender of our generation, and it works for them. So it's going to be that's an unbelievable St- That's how St. Louis beat Boston last year. It's Shots on net are not indicators of the game anymore. If exactly. you have a goalie that's willing to stand in there and eat pucks for you, and you got defensemen and forwards who block shots, you can still win the game if you get 41 shots on goal in the, in the game. Shots can be 40 to 20. And you could have absolutely played the game exactly like you wanted. Yep. And that could be the case for Montreal. We're, we're just going to see. But it's going to be awesome. That's it. Um, That's I, it. I just want to make sure that I point out that Carter Hart is not a slouch. And he will, at some point in his career, win a Vesna or multiple. So it, it's kind of like, it's like Obi-Wan, Anakin. It's like, <laughs> sorry to throw out the nerd, but it's like the old, <laughs> veteran who's still the best at the uh, the best of the best like mj kobe when kobe was young right yeah exactly Exactly. yep yeah good comparison there i like that one all right okay moving on tampa bay lightning 
against number nine, Columbus Blue Jackets. The Lightning favored in the first game, minus 175, Columbus plus 155. Tampa Bay looked really good in the round robin. They ran into a hot team in Philly, and that was a great game. I don't know if you caught any of that. that was I, I listened game. to it, but yes, it was a great game. Um, Columbus coming off a hard-fought five-game series against, I mean, we don't want to say it, but a very good Toronto team, even though they yeah. couldn't get it done. They are good. Um, the trash. It just shows Tampa Bay is a similar team to Toronto, I would say. They may be a little bit bigger, a little more physical on the uh, back end and on their, uh, you know, their their depth. But their skilled players up top, similar to Toronto in that they bring a lot of scoring potential. And you threats everywhere on the ice, and Columbus was able to handle them. I think they will be able to handle the Lightning again, but it's just too much, you know? Too much to handle for Columbus. I'm going to put Tampa Bay in six in this series. Tampa Bay in six. Okay. I, I can't even believe you, you mentioned this series without talking about last year. Uh, Tampa, arguably the greatest regular season team of all time, comes into the playoffs as a President's Trophy winner. Everybody picks them to win the cup. They get swept. They get trashed by Columbus. You don't think that's in the back of John Cooper, Stamkos, Kucherov, Vasilevsky? That's not in the back of their mind. They, I think they Lord. threw the Philly game to play Columbus. That's <laughs> a, I, they, as much as 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 much as I love Tortorella, as much as I want this, as as much as I want fairy tales to be real. Tampa sweeps Columbus. They beat the crap out of them, and they're still pissed off about last year. That, that's my thought. 100%. That's the <laughs> hockey mentality, Matt. Absolutely. Teams don't get bullied in hockey. If it happens for four games, it's never going to happen again. So I think – I agree with you. I think Tampa runs away with this one. I, I say in six, I think I'm going to stick by that. But I totally agree. Tampa Bay dominates this series. I mean, I can't go wrong with this pick because if they get swept two years in a row by Columbus – I'm not the only one that looks stupid, so. Yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome, though. Imagine how fun that would be. If that's that what happened. I'm – but that's my my whole point is that fairy tales don't happen in real life because that uh, would be a fairy tale. It would be awesome, but. It was last year, and who knows? I mean, yeah, I cannot believe that wasn't my first thought was rematch. It really wasn't. But I've been waiting. I said that as soon as Tampa lost to Philly. I was to like, be fair, Matt, this – is a Columbus Blue Jackets team that is has a very different look in a Tampa Bay Lightning team that is literally down to the player exactly the same, minus Steven Stamkos. Well, that and they added Pat Maroon. Right. So you love. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Pat Maroon flashing his ring in the preseason. That was back in August. And I can't even that. believe it's been that long. It's been like an entire year since we talked about this. With this global pandemic, time is moving so slow. <laughs> but Pat Maroon, in a, pl- in a preseason game, gets in a fight and flashes his ring. <laughs> Unbelievable. God, I love me some Pat Maroon just because you Yeah, know. I know you do. I know you do. Okay, <laughs> why don't we talk about your cap? All right, for everybody watching on YouTube, I'm flashing the Stanley Cup hat. Um, I said it. I touched on it earlier. But number three, Washington Capitals. Uh, versus the number seven New York Islanders. Caps are favored at one thir- minus 135. The Islanders are the plus 115 underdog, which is actually, I, fi- I figured this would have been a pick em, uh, according to Vegas. Mm-hmm. So if I were a, a unbiased better, I probably, probably would put some money on the Islanders. Yeah, but expect to lose it. 
just know that you're getting some good odds. I like yeah. that mentality. Go, go ahead. Okay, I'll go first in this one. Yeah. Um, but then you got to go first in the next one. Yep. I am yeah. going to take Washington in this as much as it pains me to say. Um, they didn't look great as we touched on, 1-1-1 one, one, and one nope. in the round robin. But um, And the Islanders did look good. But Washington is just such a good team, and we know that. We know that to be the case. Barry Trotz against his old team. Maybe he understands the system. Maybe it's changed enough from by the time he's left that he doesn't know how to play them. But you know that Barry Trotz wants this one. You know that whoever the goalie guy is wants this one. If if he has Mitch Corn. Mitch Corn. You know he wants it. But I'm gonna go with Washington. I'd. You know what? I know you're gonna go with Washington, so I'm gonna go with New York just to make it interesting because I really do love the New York Islanders the way that they're playing. Barry Trotz makes this very interesting. Um, I know I changed my mind really quickly, but I'm going with the Islanders in seven. Okay. I got the Capitals in seven. Uh, last time these teams faced was in 2015 in the playoffs. It went to seven. Gosh, this team makes me so mad because mm-hmm. I love them so much, but it's so frustrating that I can't just reach into the TV and fix what I want to fix. Uh, <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> That's such a good way to put it. Uh, John Carlson, not having John Carlson in any of the games was a huge, huge disappointment because our power play looked absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. And you know why? We have the Norris winner on our team. and he Best quarterback in the league. Yep, he couldn't quarterback this power play like he usually does. He's so dangerous at the blue line. Teams have to move players up towards the blue line, which usually leaves Ovechkin open. Uh, which is actually even crazy to say. Right. Uh, I think having him back, he's still like game time decision. Uh, we play on Wednesday. If he's back, I think it's a totally different series. Uh, the New York Islanders, we talked about, we touched on them a little bit. Barry Trotz, defensive, go up one nothing, park the bus in front of Tomas Grice. Um, Super disciplined, great goaltending. God, I did not want. I wanted to. I wanted to lose to Boston, so we play Carolina. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I have to go with the Caps just because I'm a homer. I got them in seven, but tough Definitely. physical series. The winner of this series is going to be beat up for the next round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well put. Yeah, the Islanders, like you just said, so disciplined, great goaltending. Um, and it just feels like they're one game away from putting everything together. The yeah. amount of offensive firepower that they've compiled that just hasn't been able to gel yet, it really feels like any one of these nights they could break open for six, seven goals. Uh, it's just not – it's not the style, but they have the guys to do it. Side note, uh, Bavillier, I'm rooting for you because he, like, added Anna Kendrick on Twitter. And uh, I, don't <laughs> I, know remember like, I don't know if they're, like, talking or not, but she, like, added him back. On Twitter, I'm I'm rooting for you, pal. Me too. Me too. Anyway, see that date. Anyway. in the bubble. I don't care. Even if she gives COVID. I fun. hate. I like this Islanders team. Their coach deserves a statue in front of Capital One Arena in Washington. Because, <laughs> just because, as like, I mean, I'm I'm wearing the Stanley Cup Capitals hat because of Barry Trotz. But so I didn't want to play this team, but we have to. I hope we beat the dog crap out of them, but I don't think we will. Caps and okay. There you go. Last series. I'm going to set it up, and then I'm going to let you go first. Boston Bruins, number four seed, President's Trophy winners, which really sounds 
super weird to say. But yep. they're playing the number five seed, Carolina Hurricanes. The Bruins are favored lightly in the first game at minus 135. Hurricanes plus 115. Uh, just as far as history goes with this series, Boston handled Carolina in five games last year in the Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals on the way to the, the Cup. What do you got, Matt? I want to hear your picks. Um, it's, this is a classic. Carolina was the Cinderella team last year, and they got bounced by Boston last year. Um, they got a short memory. They're pissed. They're ready to go. Rob Brendamore's that kind of guy to remind everyone mm-hmm. in the locker room, this is the team that, that trashed you last year. He was that kind of captain when they won the Cup in 06. He's that kind of coach. His players will run through brick walls for him because he is a player's coach. I mean, he was, like I said, he was that way as a captain. I think Carolina right. takes the series the way Boston has played in the round robin. Uh, and I know you're going to pick Boston. I think Carolina is the better team right now. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if Boston can just flip a switch, uh, unfortunately. But Bruce Cassidy, he's up for the Jack Adams Award as well. If any coach in the league can tell his team to turn it on and they will, it's also Bruce Cassidy. So yeah. this is going to be a tough-fought series. They're both – the skill levels of both of these teams are absolutely through the roof. Uh, the advantage goes to Boston because Tuca's going to win the Vesna. If he doesn't, I'm going to be pissed. But mm-hmm. I, I think Carolina takes this series in, in six. Yeah, I have such a hard – I mean, I have to pick the Bruins, but I really do have a – if I were completely unbiased, I wouldn't even think about picking Boston. They just yeah. looked so abysmal in the first three games. They really did. And Carolina, we were talking about how they were one of two teams who voted against the plan because they didn't want the Rangers – Immediately, they put it behind them, and they completely mopped the floor with the Rangers. They turned them upside down and were swinging them around. Yeah, and they're an absolute. Their Twitter page made sure to remind everyone that the Rangers, because they, like, tweeted pictures, screenshots of people saying, Carolina doesn't want the Rangers. This is why they voted no. So Right. So they're not a team who's going to be coming in timid because they lost in such a demanding fashion last year to the Bruins. We've already seen them put things behind them immediately and go out and play awesome hockey. Um, I will say if Boston does flip the switch, Carolina doesn't have much of a chance. Boston was one of the best teams in the past 10 years when they were at their best this year just because of the perfection line and how unbelievably they were. Um, Tuca playing well, great defensive core, great coaching, great system. Everything when it came together made them one of the best teams that I can remember. And now they look like one of the worst teams in the playoffs. So it's really you have no idea what to expect coming out. Um, whoever wins game one wins the series. I'm going to go with Boston in seven. Boston in seven. I think if Boston wins game one, it's, it's not even going to be a series. I think because mm-hmm. that proves to you that they turned it on. And if Rass plays the way he did all se- regular season long, this won't even be a series. So, mm-hmm. but – the way the Canes are playing, it's hard to not – hard to pick them. Yeah. Hard to not pick them. No, definitely. All right, Matt. That's what we got. Those are our picks. You got any closing closing thoughts for us? Um, I want to put you and myself on the spot. I want to pick the final four uh, and see how we do, even if our teams are still in, because the way this playoffs is going, all four teams that we pick could be eliminated. No, I like it. I, 
Part of me hopes that happens. Uh, final four. God. So start with the West. I'll go West. I'll go East. You go West. Okay, we can we'll do one there. at a time. How about that? Yeah, one yeah. at a time. Okay. Okay. In the West, I am going to put Chicago in the final four. That's my number one pick. Chicago. Wow. Um, I'm going to go with the smart one first, and I'm going to go Colorado. Mm-hmm. Okay. My second is Dallas. Chicago, Dallas, what is this, 2015? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I feel good about it. I feel good about it right off the bat. I'm going Colorado, Vegas. I I hate to be 1-2, but the way they both played in the round robin, the talent on both teams, it's hard not to pick those teams. So, Colorado, yeah, Vegas. It really is. Western Conference 100%, Finals. 100%. We got four different teams in the West. I love it. All right. I'm going first in the East. Um Montreal. I, I can't pick the Flyers. I picked them to beat them. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Flyers. Okay. And we and the know Caps. who the next one. Yep. Yeah. I'm going with Boston too. <laughs> I have to pick against them. So, uh, yeah, we'll ju- we'll just do Final Four right now. Obviously, our cup picks are very public. You got Dallas, Boston. I got Colorado, Washington. Um, I don't really feel confident in the East. The West, I think Colorado is going to make it, but I don't know. If so, Matt, with the way that this first round went with the qualifying round, it's kind of impressive that our final fours are all intact, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, our final twos are all intact, but four teams yeah. in total. So, I guess we'll leave it at that. That's one positive note that we <laughs> that we have. Uh, shout out to our uh, subscribe streamer, Captain underscore ZT. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to our parents. You know, the usual – rundown at the end of the show yes um everyone stay safe please for the love of god wear a mask so we can get football just put your mask on please <laughs> we want to watch college football even if we can't be there just put it on my tv i know we'll, we'll tailgate i mean yeah i don't know in the backyard exactly i'll fire up my own grill i don't care i got we got that grill me and you use we're not trying to get political. Just put on a freaking mask. That's Just all we're saying. Uh, hockey's the best sport in the world. That's all I got. That's all I got, too. All right. Peace. We'll see you all next week. Next week. Yep. Peace.